1-800-BETS-OFF. Iowa Hawkeyes date their fall slate this week. The Black and Gold World Series starts this afternoon at Dwayne Banks Field. The Chiefs freed up about $3.5 million in cap space by restructuring Travis Kelsey's contract, converting money from his salary into a signing bonus. After last night's rainout, the Yankees host the Guardians for the deciding game of their series today. Padres and Phillies open the NLCS tonight in San Diego. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hey, now we're number two. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, Frank Schwab. YahooSports.com. He will join us. We'll go around the NFL with Frank Schwab. Who does he think is eliminated? Who has a uh, you know, 500 team uh, that's still, uh, at least in his mind, is still very much alive? Matt Snyder momentarily. Just a quick question. Why is there a disclaimer that says portions of the show are pre-recorded? It's something that is always at the end of our show in the old time slot. But we never record anything. We don't. It's just something that's in there. It also plays at time during Murph and Andy. I think it's something that is a corporate edict that comes there. That's what it is. It's something that is just placed in there. But yeah, you're exactly right. No, we're live. Indeed we are. But it's going to be there every single day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Probably should have asked Don't you the let it question bother you. off the air. <laughs> uh, let's get to uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Hello, Matt Snyder. How are you, sir? I'm great. I'm excited. Now, I, I was bummed last night yeah, uh, with, yeah. when the game was delayed so much, and I was thinking, like, I, I don't care to stay up too late. But I was just like, man, if we start this at 1030 and mm-hmm. it lasts until 2 in the morning, Almost none of these fans from Cleveland or, or New York are going to be able to enjoy this game. So I understand the disappointment with pushing it back, but I'm excited that we're going to get two games today, uh, a clincher and then game one of a very exciting NLCS. Yeah, we all saw that coming, right? The five and the six seed <laughs> yeah, were going to play each other exactly. in the NLCS. So let, let's, start with, uh, let's start with the American League. Let's finish up the divisional series. Uh, obviously, the winner of this game this afternoon uh, will get the Astros tomorrow, of all things. Boy, be ready or not, here it comes tomorrow night. Game number one of the ALCS. Been a fun series. Uh, Cleveland's been one of these teams. They're just... They just are plucky. They just stick around, right? Um, got a great manager, obviously. Make the case that the Guardians move on. Well, they have an offense that, you know, Garrett Cole's outing notwithstanding. They generally put the ball in play, and we've already seen how much funkiness can come from the putting the ball in play in this series, and uh, that could be big. Also, they have their four best relievers very, very well rested. Emmanuel Clase has thrown since game two. He went two and a third innings in that game. So not only is he very well rested, but he showed he could go more than two innings if they need. Then they've got Karen Jack, Stefan, Hengus. Between those four relievers, they could get six innings out of those guys. That means they're only looking for three out of a starter. And Aaron Savale is, you know, not great, especially when he goes deeper in the game. But there's a distinct possibility he could throw really well the first time through the order. Maybe something like Noah Sendergaard did against the Braves when the Phillies just wanted him to get through the order once. Um, so that that could be how the, the Guardians could put it together, and they could really hold the Yankees to one or two runs, or even zero, uh, con- conceivably. So uh, how would I do there? Did that work? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in. Short leash on the other <laughs> side for the Yankees. We uh, heard yesterday Garrett Cole, even before the rainout, said he could give a, a little bit to the team. 
What do you anticipate here? Of course, Cortez, if he gets in trouble early, it's going to be a quick hook. How but about that yeah. play he made defensively oh, the other day? Just absolutely unbelievable. God. How quick is the hook here, and how is the bullpen set up for the Yankees in comparison to what the Guardians have? Well, a lot is going to depend on how they hit in the early inning. Because if they start to get to Savali and they, they spot themselves you know, a 4 nothing lead or something, then there might be a little bit more of a leash there. But if it's zeros and he gets in any kind of trouble, they're probably going to bail. He's never started on short rest before. He has one outing on short rest, but that was back when he went from a, a two-thirds of an inning relief outing to being essentially an opener, and that was back in 2019. So you just don't know how his body's going to react to the short rest start. Um, and their bullpen is not near, near as deep as the Guardians. Now, the extra day of rest helps. Wandy Peralta had thrown in all four of the games so far in the series. Now he's got that day of rest. He could extend into a second inning. Clay Holmes, they didn't want him to go back-to-back days. Well, now they don't have to. He got the day off yesterday, so he could go an inning. You might be able to get three out of those two guys. Maybe they want to trust Loisaga for one. That might be where I, 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 doubt, it, I doubt it'll happen. But that might be where the Garrett Cole comes in, is if you say those three relievers are going to get me four innings and then I can only get four out of Cortez, there's one to play with right there. And I don't know if they want anybody else. I don't know if you want to trust Tyon with it. That might be where, if it's a really close game and Cole says he's good, that might be where they say, you know what, give us three outs here, Garrett. You, know, you never know. Uh, mm-hmm. I would bet against it, but you never know. Who uh, more likely to give the Astros? There's still a lot of uh, baseball fans that just uh, will never come back to the Astros. That would rather yeah. hold their nose and, and root for the Yankees uh, over over the Astros. But of the two teams playing today, who's the most likely to be the biggest threat to the Astros? Cleveland or the Yanks? It, it's tough because I, I feel like if we're in a vacuum, the easy answer is the Yankees. They're going to have Garrett Cole starting twice. Uh, they have an offense that can pack so much power that in any given day they could hit two, three-run bombs. Now all of a sudden that changes the, the narrative here, whereas the Indians, Guardians, sorry, still trying to get used to it, the Guardians need to string together a lot of hits, and against a pitching staff like the Astros have, that's awfully difficult. You almost feel like you have to rely on the long ball against them. But you know, I say in a vacuum because it's not going to be in a vacuum. Uh, if the Yankees use Nestor today, which they're going to, if they throw Garrett Cole in relief, they don't have a great option to start game one. You don't know about game two. If the Guardians get through this game without using Shane Bieber, they've got Bieber and McKenzie set up for games one and two, Mm. which means they both can go twice in the series. So, like I said, the, the Yankees are better. They're better suited to take on the Astros, but the Guardians, with that bullpen and the way the pitching is set up, they're probably better suited and and just under the circumstances and with the context. Now we have to see how today goes. Um, But for now I'm inclined to say the guardians, but I I also can, can fall back on this. I'm just not seeing it from either team. I think the Astros are going to win. And the way that this series has gone sets up so, so nice for the Astros. Let's go to the national league. Wheeler versus Darvish tonight, starting with game one. What picture do you like right now more well, going into game one? Not just for the whole series, but for tonight, yeah, I'm angling to see uh, which way I'm going to lean and, and make a pick hmm. on this one. Yeah, man, I love them both. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, I, I feel like it, it might come down to uh, the defenses. We saw the Padres take a uh, big advantage of some Dodgers errors. We've seen the Phillies can be prone to mishaps on, on defense at times. 
and uh, both teams have a few big boppers that could really make you pay if there's extra base runners on. Uh, I'll lean Wheeler here and say let's go Phillies here in the first one um, just because Darvish can be a little bit more homer prone than Wheeler can at the drop of a hat. Uh, I'm not saying I think Darvish is going to get shelled or anything, but it's just in that lane that I'm in where, hey, maybe one mistake or two mistakes, if there's an error that lets an extra guy on instead of, say, Kyle Schwarber or Reese Hoskins or Bryce Harper, all of a sudden you could see one of them turning a Darvish fastball around and putting it in the seats, and that might be the the little advantage that the Phillies need. So I'll lean lean Phillies there, very slight lean. What about Juan Soto? I mean, obviously there's more there. This is one of the best young players in the game, and we saw him on a, on a, on a big stage, really, uh, for the first time in the playoffs a couple of years ago with the, with the Nationals. He just took over. He He's done it before. What's it going to take for him to, to, to find that again? Because if they do, this Padres team is going to be a tough out, not only in the NLCS, but once they get to the uh, to the World Series. But can Soto find it again? Yeah, I think he's on his way, actually. I think the last couple games of the NLDS against the Dodgers, he started to really hit the ball hard to the right side. Now, with the shift, there were a few lineouts. There was a ground out. There was a single that found its way through the hole there late in game four. But he started to really hit the ball hard, and there were kind of low liners. His next step is going to be getting that lift back and making those be home runs into the right field seats. But I almost he started to see that little gleam in his eye, that little bit of swagger. Like he started to, to feel like, hey, hey, I'm Juan freaking Soto here. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like he's starting to get it back. So maybe we'll see something tonight. Maybe we'll see a big home run tonight. So we see the five or six seed. We see the Dodgers that win a billion games. They're out right away. Mm-hmm. Is this a problem? The structure of baseball, nah. just how different it is compared to the regular season. Do you see it as a problem or is it? For you, what makes the sport great? I don't think it's a problem at all. Uh, I, I understand the people saying that there are three 100 win teams in the National League and they're all knocked out, and it's mm-hmm. the first time in the NLCS that nobody has 90 wins. I can see why people would say that was a problem. But you know what? You've got to play well when you get to the playoffs. And the, the team that won the World Series last year is the team that had the fewest wins in the playoffs. The Braves only won 88, and they won the World Series last year. Why weren't we wringing our hands about that? Mm-hmm. It's uh, the, the, the Royals-Giants World Series in 2014. Neither one of them won 90 games. Uh, we survived just fine. <laughs> As I tried to say on Twitter the other day, I promise we'll get through this. I think it will be okay. Uh, sometimes weird stuff happens in the playoffs. On, on those examples I just gave. Uh, the Dodgers won 106 games last year. The Giants won 107 last year, and neither one made the World Series. We survived. We were okay. Um, I, and also, uh, to, to add to that, I think that there are a lot of people very happy that they're not seeing the Braves and or Dodgers in the NLCS again. Yeah, it's so. just when you get the same matchup over and over, and, and, and look, on the AL side, we might see the Yankees and Astros again. Mm-hmm. That would be the third time in the last six years. The Astros have been there six years in a row. What's wrong with looking at the NL side and seeing a fresh matchup? I think it's fun. I couldn't and, uh, agree with you more. To go to what to go to Trent's point, yeah, it's what makes, makes baseball great. Yeah, yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think this Phillies Padres series is going to be fantastic. You know, I look at the I look at the lineups, uh, the the everyday players. I I can't really. 
they're, they're so closely matched, I think. I mean, Bryce Harper, the DH for crying out loud. Hoskins is a terrific player. Segura is a, is a nice player. Real Muto, they spent a lot of money to bring over, then they got their money's worth out of him. Castillos, Schwarber, this could be a good series. I, I will be shocked if this one doesn't go six or seven. You? I, I agree. And, and another another wrinkle to add to that is, they're both incredibly inconsistent. So it could be fun yeah. to watch and maybe frustrating for those fan bases because one of the things I'm sure I've said it here before on the Phillies down the stretch is I said, hey, they could win the World Series or they could lose 12 in a row and miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Late in September, they lost 10 out of 13 and tried to miss the playoffs. <laughs> they, they rebounded a little. The Brewers helped them out by losing a few games, and they got in and, hey, look, they're one step away from the World Series. The Padres as well. We all thought they were going to really take off after the trade deadline, but they played inconsistent baseball. They got the news that Tatis was suspended for the rest of the year for PEDs. Uh, they still kind of limp to the finish a little bit, but they're probably the better team in this matchup. It's Who's going to play better? And more than ever, it's always a question. Going into every series, it's always a question. But more than ever, this feels like there's just no way to predict who's going to show up on any given game between these two teams. I want to go backwards with you, Matt, and the scene in Seattle on Saturday. I was just absolutely locked in. College football is going on. There's great games all over the place, and yet I found myself on the clicker finding my way back over there to that game. The crowd was incredible, 18 innings of baseball, scoreless until we get to the 18th. It was just a great scene, and great to see Seattle get that moment after 21 years away from the playoffs. Though they didn't end it in victory, would have loved to see a game four on Sunday. Just a, an incredible scene and a bright future, it feels like, for the Mariners on top of it. Yeah, I think that you can argue, and actually did in an article that published yesterday, that this was more just the beginning for Seattle. Now, I, I can't help but feel bad for the fans that had waited so long for this moment at home and sat there for 18 innings and <laughs> saw zero runs. Right. Man, that's brutal. But they saw great pitching, and it, it wasn't just starter George Kirby, who has a really, really bright future. It was that bullpen, and they're going to have everybody back from that bullpen. And if you look at the rotation next year, and you say between Kirby, 2021 young winner Robbie Ray, and acquisition this year who they extended in Luis Castillo, along with another youngster in Logan Gilbert, they're going to have the pitching. Now they probably need to go out and get some bats next year, but look, you've got a guy, a perfect guy to build the offense around in Julio Rodriguez. Uh, this is an up-and-coming team, and it's really, really fun. And it's good for baseball because anytime there's a market like that that's been buried for so long and it has been mostly irrelevant for so long, it's nice to see them get back into it and to see how much Seattle has really rallied around this team. I'm looking forward to next year. And remember... They host the All-Star game next year, too. So oh, it's a nice. big year for Seattle. Yeah, big year. Uh, back to the Dodgers for just a second. I mean, so much, such a great regular season, but you got, you got to finish the deal, and they didn't. So have we seen the last of Clayton Kershaw as a Dodger or maybe as a uh, as a major league player? Do you think he's done? Oh, man. Um, I, I would say it's either retirement or playing for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I, just don't, I don't think after last time around, I don't think he's going to sign anywhere else. So I, I think if he decides my body's had enough, I got my ring in 2020, which other people might want to debate, debate the merits of that. But he has his ring. He has an MVP. He has three Cy Youngs. He's a Hall of Famer. If he decides I've got enough money, my body's been through enough, because he's had these back injuries for years. Um, if he decides to walk away, yeah, I, I could see that for sure. Um, I, I'm going to bet he, he comes back and he's with the Dodgers again. I, I feel like 
he still will think he has some unfinished business and they want a full regular season World Series title and he'll at least give it another go. He's going to his age 35 years, so it's not like he's 40. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he retired, but I, I will be beyond shocked if he ends up signing anywhere else. I'm with you, and I hope that's the case. And we'll talk hot stove with you once we get to that yes. portion. But uh, last thing, yeah, for I wasn't you. ready for that. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, last thing, uh, Bob Costas is calling his final game uh, today. He's going back to in in studio. Uh, he's on the uh, the uh, divisional series, Cleveland and the Yankees. I've enjoyed it. Um, it's just one of those voices that's um, been doing sports, whether it's any kind of sport, right? Uh, football, Olympics coverage, whatever. Uh, he, he's an easy listen. He gets criticized. Some people think he talks too much. Where are you on Bob Costas, who I believe is, what, 70 years old now? Um, yeah. and, and back in the booth for this divisional series. First off, I don't think he's aged in 30 years. It doesn't look like all. it. Uh, but <laughs> I like him. I, I Anytime I look at Twitter, all I see are complaints about Costas and how much so many people don't like him. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that's probably inevitable. That comes with a gig. I mean, I think Joe Buck is, is good, Dude, and so, so many I. people seem to hate him. Yep. Um, I, I like him. I like Costas. I, I, he probably focuses way too much on stuff in the distant past, but whatever. It's He's a historical mm-hmm. type guy. Um, I, I think it's funny when he says stuff like uh, – what was it? It showed that kid, and he said this might be the worst moment of his life. Well, up until this point, like insinuating <laughs> yeah. the kid had a lot of bad moments moving forward. That's funny. Come on. Yeah. Uh, no, he's good. I, I, I think part of it is the nostalgia, and yep. like the Pacers fan in me thinks about all those the runs of the Eastern Conference Finals when <laughs> he was doing the NBA and NBC, and mm-hmm. I hear that voice. So there's always a nostalgia factor there for sure. And, and I think it's it's probably my demographic, right? Sixties that have just this has been one of our voices for our sports voices yeah. forever. Uh, I'm There's something to be said for that. Like we're used to hearing that. Yes, thing. yes. I think I just said to Trent the other day, it's just like a comfortable pair of shoes or an old your, your chair or just something. A that, blanket like we need yeah. in the studio. Like we need this. Oh, Jesus. Anyways, Matt <laughs> Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, thank you. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Um, you won't be on the road, I don't think, right? We'll still be we'll still be a uh, championship seriesing, I think. It looks like it. So yeah, I'll be good to go. Good stuff. Thank um, you. The one after that, yeah, I don't know. Well, Man, we'll, it's, it's we'll been a long month already. We'll, so we'll, we'll find you in your hotel room, <laughs> hopefully in San Diego. For yeah, you. yeah, hopefully indeed. Good. good. Thank you, bud. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Take care. Yep, Matt Snyder, CBS Sports. Dot com. He's been with us uh, well if, since uh, since the regular season started. Uh, I love this resource we have in in Snyder. Costas, Twitter doesn't like him. Yeah, but who's usually on Twitter? Well, younger people. Younger people. And I'm not killing the younger people. It's just all those older people. Don't push us out of the way yet. Let us have one of these voices. Well, he doesn't have to lecture me. I mean, okay, I, I, I right. get it, Costas. You're smarter than me, but do you have to tell me every <laughs> every damn moment of the game? I get it. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you're. Uh, that's fair criticism. That's the part that. All right. Shut up, Bob. Mm-hmm. I get a few, probably two or three times during the course of the game. I'm like, all right, shut up. <laughs> it's, it's enough. All right, we get it. Yes, you're smart. I understand. He's just. He's like Joe Buck. I mean, these these voices. He's like, you know, Keith Jackson. Um, sadly, Al Michaels. Al Michaels. Um, um, oh my God, I can picture him. He finished doing the Padres game. Um, Dick, um, Dick, Dick, Dick. Not Embersall. No, Dick, Dick, um, yes. Dick. Yes. It starts with an E. Friday, they do not need to bleep that out for unnecessary censorship there. (laughs)
Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg. Embersall um, was the head. Yeah, of he's NBC. the yeah. He's the uh, uh, producer. But just some of these old. I, I've got. I've gotten into Costas. Anyways, time for another keyword. Boom, boom, boom. Go to KXNO right now, and once you get there, enter the keyword grand. That is your chance to win a thousand dollars grand. KXNO.com. NFL Conversation, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. He's next. Miller in Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. In Ankeny. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call... Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. Joined by Dr. Macy Dealman, Elite Eye Care in Waukee, and the Eye Company in Ankeny. Dr. Dealman, many people deal with dry eye. If our eyes do not produce enough tears or the right quality of tears, dry eye develops. Elite Eye Care specializes in treatment of dry eye. More advanced dry eye may be due to inflammation of the skin and can be treated with IPL or intense pulse light, which improves quality of the tear film and reduces discomfort from dry eye. Stop by and see myself, Macy Dealman or the rest of our doctors at Elite Eye Care in Waukee or the Eye Company. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. If you missed it, the keyword in the national contest is grand. Your chance to win $1,000 grand at KXNO.com. Let's get to our friend Frank Schwab. Uh, YahooSports.com recovers the NFL as well as sports wagering. He joins us. Frank Trenton, Ken in Des Moines, as always. We appreciate you finding time for us. Uh, let's start with last night, uh, just, um, just because it's the most freshest in our mind. Um, and you live in Denver. I'm a Broncos fan. And man, oh man, George Payton, I don't know how he survives the contract. And I liked what he'd been doing, uh, but this is egregious. And of course, Nathaniel Hackett, is, it sure looks as though they have missed on what I think is sadly a, a washed-up Russell Wilson. How does this franchise get past this? I mean, that's a great question. And the, the problem is, if you look at the contract, let's just talk about the contract, not the picks they gave up or anything yet. Just the contract. They can't get out of it till 2025 mm. unless Russell retires. I mean, if, even in 2025, it's not some minor hit. It's it, you're still swallowing hard in 2025 to get rid of Russell Wilson. So uh, there's there's no quick way out of this. And then you start adding on, well, what did you give up? And I saw somewhere on Twitter today that if the season ended today, the Seattle Seahawks would they obviously have the Broncos' first round pick. It would be seventh overall. Mm. I, I mean, I, I can't even. It, it's stunning to me. This is all stunning to me. And, you know, Joe Buck, I mean, nothing against Joe Buck, but he's on there, you know, last night after the game talking about, well, if they could go back to preseason, they probably play their guys. It's game six. Right. <laughs> if you, like, that doesn't, a few snaps in a preseason doesn't matter anymore. This is who you are. Like, after six games, you need to, even if you're not fully formed, you need to be showing something. And, for that, you know, he start. You know, Russ started well yesterday, ten ten, hundred sixteen yards, looks good. And then I believe it was he went five and eighteen the rest of the way. And you know, at the end of the game, 
and I talked about this on Twitter a little bit, they had three drives with a tie game with a chance to go win the game. They had first and second down seven times, and they ran with Latavius Murray six of those seven times. Mm. That's just a coach that has no faith in his, zero faith in his quarterback. And as crazy as it is, like if you remove the name and the contract and the situation and all that, if you're in a situation where you are that scared of your quarterback, you should bench him. And you gotta wonder, like, uh, would the Broncos get to that point? I, I don't think they can because again, you're stuck with this guy till 2025. Like, it's so messy. It's so bad. It is through six games. Look, there's a long, long, long way to go here, but through six games, this looks like one of the worst trades in NFL history. And it is just, it could be an absolute positive anchor on the Broncos for uh, not just the three years Russell is going to be here for sure, but long after that. Move over Herschel Walker train. Yeah. We got a new one. Yeah, and right. uh, we had, what, almost Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 30 years of uh, conversation. I don't think anybody could have seen this call. I no. don't think it's fair to, to, to retroactively look at this and say that was a bad move and whatever. At the moment, I thought it was great. I thought it was a really, really smart move, actually, to finally get off the quarterback carousel. And, you know, anybody who was like, oh, Russell Walsh last year, he really didn't. Uh, go back and look at the last five games. I believe in the last five games he threw 15 touchdowns, three interceptions. Looked like Russ. I mean, it's just stunning. Absolutely, positively stunning that at age 33 we're talking about his Russ finish. We can agree after seeing that Sunday game between the Chiefs and the Bills that Oof. those two are top teams in the NFL. Of course, the Eagles are undefeated. Who's the fourth best team in the NFL right now? It's a tough question. Oh, my goodness. I I do these power rankings, right? Yeah, right. Like, yeah, like most people. And last night, I, I, I've i been doing it 10 years <laughs> for Yahoo. And last night, I was like, I've never been in a situation like this where I don't know. There's at least a dozen teams and probably closer to 20 where I look at the number next to their name, and I'm like, that is not the seventh best team of football. That is not the ninth best team of football. That is not the 12th best team of football. But somebody's got to go in those slots. Mm-hmm. Right. Who did I have? I can't even remember who I put number four. I, I changed it at the last second. I I, <laughs> I I think I put the Vikings number four. And I do not believe they're anywhere near the fourth best team in football. You have they the Cowboys. By the Miami, they, Cowboys four, Vikings five. Like, Cowboys four. That's right. I did not move the Cowboys. Because I, I think the Cowboys, when they get Dak Prescott back there, I think they really are the best, fourth best team in football. Uh, the Vikings five. The Vikings got outgained by the Dolphins, who were on their third-string quarterback who got hurt, so they had to go back to the second string. They got a game by the Dolphins like 450 to 220. They didn't even play well in that game, and they barely beat the Bears at home, and they barely beat the Lions at home. The Vikings are not the fifth-best team of football. The Cowboys probably aren't the fourth-best team of football. but They're probably not a quality team that should be the fourth-best team of football. But they are a fourth-best team of football because somebody's got to be a fourth-best team of football. It is crazy this year. I think... You look at the standings, and it is just everybody's kind of the same. Everybody, I mean, you look like the Indianapolis Colts. I had written them off. They look terrible. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I looked up. They're 3-2-1. and one. It's like, how did this team get above 500? Mm-hmm. It's it's just crazy this year. This is the craziest year I've ever had doing power rankings because – and not, I'm not trying to complain about power rankings. I'm just kind of making the point of – from legitimately number four to number 22, it's – there's really no, no separation at all. Put them in a hat. Mm-hmm. Grab them out. Take them. For your, I'm, I'm with you. Very, very difficult. So let's talk about a couple of teams that 
You know, injury-wise, Frank, the Niners have so many guys that are hurt, but most of those guys are going to come back. Likewise, the Chargers, with the exception of Slater, who they miss, and it's a significant blow. But maybe the Chargers, could the Chargers, once they get a Keenan Allen, I, I know Trent just every time I bring up the Chargers just rolls his eyes because this franchise is yeah. cursed. <laughs> I can't buy um, it. So the Chargers or the, or the Niners, what about those two California-based teams? Might one of those, uh, what were we talking about them in late January? I, if it's anybody, I think it's the Niners because when they're healthy, the Niners have the best defense football, I think. Cowboys are up there, too. And, and maybe in the Broncos. The Broncos' defense is really good, which is <laughs> which is crazy that they're 2-4. and four. But I, I think that the 49ers, once Bosa is back, they get a little bit healthier. I, I do believe in that defense. I do. They were just so beat up against the Falcons. They couldn't even compete in that game. So a great defense like that can carry them a long way. And the Chargers are just kind of the Chargers. Look, Last night, I, I mean, if, if they don't, if the Broncos don't flub that punt, yep. we're we're probably talking about wow, the Chargers are just not it. Like the Chargers mm-hmm. had 18 million chances to win that game, and they just could not do it, and could not do it. And now they're going to get healthier. I, I get that, but I don't. <laughs> where are they going to be when they get healthy? And like you said, like it, when no Slater, no Slater is a big deal for them because mm-hmm. yeah. that line all of a sudden is a little bit of a liability. Can Keenan Allen even stay healthy now? He's, he's up there in age, so. If you're asking me to pick one of those teams, I pick the 49ers because I do think when they're both of them get back, they're going to be an elite defense, and that can take you a long way. As we're going through the top of the league, there is also the bottom. Now, there is no rush like there is in the NBA to get to the bottom. There's not some surefire quarterback that's sitting there at this point. But when you look at the bottom, your power numbers. Who did you make the worst team? I didn't see the list this week. Um, that's a great. Oh, the Panthers, easily the Panthers. Uh-huh. I mean, oh my goodness, the Panthers are unwatchable. Well, I was I was leading to the team that I root for, and it is the Chicago Bears. And Thursday night, just a hideous game against Washington. Justin Fields, where yeah. are you? Are are you, are you still hopeful? Is there still something that you see, or are we learning more and more? The Bears missed again at quarterback. Yeah, I think they might have missed again, and I've been in his corner a lot. You know. A lot. Yep. I mean, I've, I've, I've said that this team is not helping him at all. And you know what? I'll get back to that in a second. But you watch the game on Thursday night, and it's just like, Justin, how do you miss that? And I'm saying it over and over. How did you miss that? How did you miss that? And I just don't think I don't think he processes well enough right now. He's got the tools, but it's just not there. It's just not he's, – he's not seeing things well. And he, but, but he is a young quarterback, so I, I want to give him a chance. And – the Bears did nothing to help him. Nothing. The line stinks. The receiving core stinks. I mean, they legitimately might have the worst line of football and the worst receiving core of football. <laughs> How does that happen? How does that even happen if you have a quarterback like Justin Fields? The only thing I can come back to is the Chicago Bears don't think Justin Fields is their guy, or they would have built around him. They would have invested in the line. They would have invested in a receiver. They didn't. So I wonder if they are just, they looked at the film, and they're like, this is not the guy we want, and we're not going to invest any resources in him. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hate to say that. There's nothing they would say out loud in a press conference or anything, but that's all their actions point to that. So, I, I mean, is there hope for Justin Fields? Yes, I think he has the tools. And you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts, and he's you know, it leaps and bounds from year one to year three. So there's still hope there because he's got a lot of talent. But I don't know. I, it, you'd like to see a little bit more than you've seen so far. And other, than, I mean, he's had some splash plays because he's a great athlete. But just the down to down, 
seeing who you got to see, hitting the right guy, making you know accurate, just regular passes. That's what's missing out of Justin Fields' game. He's got a long way to go with that. Let's stay in that division. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, the schedule comes out. You see the Packers back-to-back weeks. They have New York teams. Well, <laughs> but that, that certainly worked out well in their favor. Well, no, it didn't as they lose them both. Where are you in this Packers team? Obviously, they missed Devontae Adams in, in the worst way. But I think there's more to it than that. I mean, the offensive line has not been great. Um, Rodgers... I don't want to say, well, he's, look, he's old. He's coming to the end at some point. Right. But this Packers team doesn't look the same to me. They're nowhere near the threat to win 13 games like you could not pencil them in, put them in pen year after year after year. Not happening this year. No, it really isn't. And the Rodgers question is interesting because we all know the receivers aren't very good. And even the defense, everybody talked all off. And I fell into it, too. Everybody talked all offseason about how the defense is going to be great and elite. Oh, my goodness. They were a pretty average defense last year and are a pretty average defense this year. And I think we all know that, though. But Aaron Rodgers, I mean, like he comes out Monday and he's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm going to, we're going to get, you know, start to get this thing right. And everybody's like, oh, wow, here we go. Aaron Rodgers has probably been trying to be good these first six weeks. <laughs> it just hasn't happened. I, I, you do have to wonder. Is he 90% of Aaron Rodgers, and we just really don't notice because we're blaming the line and the receivers and Matt LaFleur? I, mm. he's a, Trump Brady threw everybody off the scent, everybody. When he plays until he's 45 and last year leads the NFL in touchdown passes and passing yards, everybody's like, oh, well, of course, everybody could play into their 40s. No, 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 no. There's one guy who plays into his 40s at a high level. Nobody else has. Everybody else about Aaron Rodgers' age has fallen off a cliff. And Rodgers has missed a ton of passes, and we all just say, oh, he's not on the, it's the receivers, he doesn't have Devontae, he's not on the same page. What if it's Aaron Rodgers? And we just don't know it yet because, because you know, we have other excuses here that are built in. He doesn't look terrible. I mean, he makes some good throws here and there. It's not like Peyton Manning in 2015. So I think that that's the question. How good is Aaron Rodgers right now? at an age in which most quarterbacks are not good. And then you start adding on, you know, they're probably not calling plays of that. The offense, you can't call the offense like you still have Devontae Adams. Like, you you have to understand this is, you kind of went halfway with this thing where you got rid of Devontae Adams and, and tried to build up your defense and pretty much said, we don't care about receiver but yet you're still calling an offense like these receivers matter and you want to be a, a, a elite passing game. And that's not it. You gotta, it's gotta be Aaron Jones. It's gotta be AJ Dillon. Yep. I mean, AJ Jones, Aaron Jones had three carries in the first half and now comes out and says, that's not inexcusable. He had yep. three carries in the first half. Well, whose fault is that? Matt, you're the one calling the plays. Like, who, who are you blaming? So I just think there's a lot wrong with the Packers. I could see them bouncing back. But a lot of the question is, is where is Aaron Rodgers at right now? Mm. Well, you're a Wisconsin grad. Normally we would talk about the Big Ten West, but it is P.U. Uh, so we won't subject <laughs> you or our audience to any more of that stuff. Frank, thank you as always for doing this. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Thank you, Frank Schwab. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, yahoosports.com. You know, we never make it through, certainly in the fall, and very, I mean, there's hardly a day that we don't bring up Iowa or Iowa State yeah. in a show at all. One of those days. I mean. Trading to. What are we missing? The clones are off. I'm sick of targeting the entire, <laughs> right. no, I mean, nobody wants to hear about referees anymore. Um, Iowa, can they get to three? Three more wins. And they've got Ohio State. They're going to get clubbed. What was it, that hide your kids, hide your wife, you remember that? <laughs> yes, yes. Um 
Now, tomorrow we will because the media is meeting with Ferentz and the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully Nick Olson will join us tomorrow on Iowa State as Big 12 media days are going on. But we never do a show without the hits. It's, it's our mantra. You play the hits. I have heard from so many people this week, checked out of the game, as yeah. as just lethargic about a matchup since 99-2000. Thanks, really? Brian. Yeah. There's still so much to play for for both schools. Is there? See, I to go have mayo dumped on Kirk's head. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you want to see that? Or your Brian? Brian? Yeah. Right. Do pops a favor. Uh-huh. Well, you got to win the game first before you That's get the uh, the privilege of having the mayo dumped on your head. They get clubbed by Syracuse. Oh man! Uh, back with Trent's plays of the day, Miller and Condon final segment on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, final few seconds uh, here on a Tuesday. <laughs> Who do you like tonight? I uh, got uh, five plays. We're doing a little NBA, a little baseball. Savali, I'm going under three and a half strikeouts. I'm staying the same way I had it yesterday. Give me the Sixers plus the three and a half at Boston. I am taking Wheeler over outs 15 and a half along with the Phillies on the money line plus 107. And late night. Give me the Warriors. We're going to lay it tonight with Golden State against the Lakers. Seven is the number in that one. I do like those uh, pitcher props uh-huh. as far as... They've been good for me. They have. You got screw- not screwed. It would be a tough beat the other day. Yeah. You're one out away from cashing your ticket. Anyways, that's going to do it for us. Murph and Andy, they'll be here, well, next. Uh, KXNO Drive with Heather and Sean. That comes your way at 3 and KXNO.